Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. Happy to be here. Can you believe it's June already? We were hoping to get through the past three years and we're here and we're approaching the halfway mark in 2023. Happy to be here. This is my very fun party on Monday nights where I talk to really smart, savvy people about their creativity. We have quite a lineup today. And what am I calling this episode today? I came up with a name for it. We're calling this Banking on Creativity. And one of my guests will understand why I'm using that term. I have to come up with something different every week, Gene. So you'll understand when we get to Gene. My engineer is Andrew at Voice America Empowerment. And I want my panel, I haven't introduced you yet, but wave hello to LinkedIn. Wave hello to, <laughs> oh, we're stalled here on this computer. Let me do a quick refresh here. Wave on LinkedIn, waved on Facebook. And we are all over the place with these smiling, happy faces. I think they're happy to be here. This is June 5th, as I said, and I want all of you, we didn't rehearse this, I want you all to put up your hand and make the letter L, okay, Tanya and Maria and Jean, and on the count of three, you're going to join me and say, hello, L, L, L. Are you ready? It's very difficult. One, two, three. Hello, L, L, L. Andrew? They've outdone all the other panels all these years. It just gets better every week. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. Marie, I think you've heard the show before because you're nodding. And she lives in Whitestone, New York. And Jean and Tanya, that doesn't start with an L. So I've been doing a survey of where we can move her. Fictionally, I've been doing a GoFundMe. And I thought of Louisville, Kentucky or Lexington, Las Vegas would be fun. Long Beach or Lancaster, California. Lincoln, Nebraska. Lubbock or Laredo, Texas. Or Little Rock, Arkansas. And then somebody pointed out to me that I now live in Loudoun, Tennessee, and it starts with an L. So, Laura, I think you're going to move here to Loudoun. I'll find you a very, very nice house. Any of my, she'll write to me at 8.01 tonight, Eastern Time, and tell me how much she enjoyed hearing the three of you. She'll give me a little synopsis of what you said on the show, and I will enjoy that. I do that every Monday after the show, and she's my most loyal listener. Anybody here with Gemini? May 22nd to June 20th? Nobody? Tanya, you're not a Gemini? Well, I just want to tell you that I think you're all honorary Geminis, and I'll tell you why. Gemini natives are charming and talkative. Okay. Sometimes a know-it-all. Well, I don't think any of you know it all. They're imaginative. They're logical. They're curious. They're adaptable. Multi-talented. Well, if that doesn't describe the three of you. Witty, playful, sometimes aggressive, bold, thick-skinned, very, very intelligent. They do well in school. They're good communicators, and they earn very well in life. They can be a little snarky, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> so if that if that describes you and some of the famous Geminis are Marilyn Monroe, Johnny Depp. Well, he's certainly been through the mill recently. Prince William, Prince of Wales. Uh, let's see, we've got Paul McCartney, Brooke Shields. We've got Liam Neeson, Anderson Cooper, won't get political here, Blake Shelton, Amy Schumer, Patti LaBelle, Venus Williams, Adina Menzel, and Heidi Klum, and twice as many, but it would take up the whole show. So happy birthday to all the Geminis out there. Now, I just want to tell you all that I did the math, and this is the 154th day of the Gregorian calendar. 
Now that means there's 209 days left. This is the 23rd Monday and Jean and Tanya and Maria, nobody cares about that except me. I just keep track. It just keeps me on track. <laughs> now, 209 days left. And here's the deal. Jean, you look to me like somebody who might might still value the values of homemade whiskey. And if you think if you have somebody nearby who had a still behind the house or back of the barn, you know, and you're going to start making your whiskey for New Year's Eve, you've got 209 days and I know you're going to want to make it perfect. So start tomorrow. Uh, Tanya, you look to me like somebody who might want to make Kahlua or some kind of a sweet liqueur for New Year's Eve. You've got 209 days. You want those flavors to mix and be really good. I would start this coming weekend. And Maria, you look to me like you might be going to an online champagne store and getting uh-huh. something really exotic, maybe a little expensive, but then look, we've gotten through another year. It's worth it, right? The shelves are going to be empty in about th- three weeks. I, I get choked up when I talk about champagne. I don't drink it, but I like to look at it. Bubbles, I want you to go and order your champagne very soon, Maria, okay? Because we don't want you to run out. So I've given you all your prep for New Year's 209 days. Don't say I didn't warn you. So now let me tell everybody in our audience who I have today. Three very interesting people. I think I met you all at the National Publicity Summit. Is that right? And yes. Ta- Tanya, I met you twice. You were on visiting yes, with you me. Did. Thanks for being so sporty and flexible. Oh, about six months ago. And, and we'll tell you why <laughs> we had to wait to get her on. So I have three very innovative creators. Jean Pranger, wave hello to everybody, please. Jean, I'm just going to read a little tiny bit and then you're going to explain everything to us. Jean is the creator of the Do Something Wonderful Protocol. I can't wait to hear about that. He's the original inventor of the uh, creator of the interactive teller machine video banking platform, which I think we all use. He holds, Gene, you really haven't done much in your life. He only holds 30 patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Gene, you know, we want to teach you how to be creative on the show today. Gene, I'm honored to have. (laughs) I was going to go for 31, but it just didn't work out. (laughs) Well, there's actually a plus over 30. So you might be at 31 and we'll, we'll forgive you if you don't do 32. Gene, I'm very, very excited to have you here. And thank Thank you you. so much Then we have Tanya Anderson. Wave hello, Tanya. Tanya is an international (laughs) flight attendant. She's only lived in seven countries. She's only visited 75. I'm not going to give her age, but let's say her first number of her age is my favorite number, my lucky number, and it's uh-huh. not six. It's not six and it's not eight. We'll leave it at that. Tanya still flies to Europe, Asia, the Middle East, and Africa even now. Tanya, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank she you, was going to be on the show six months ago and her flying schedule didn't allow it. So I said, come <laughs> back when you're when you're on the ground and she's here. And then we have Maria Mantoudakis. Maria, wave hello. She's the author of Tsunami to Greatness. What a lovely title. There's so much packed in those three words. She's the founder of Recreate Success Now, LLC, and she's a personal development trainer. So as I said, our topic today is Read My Lips, Banking on Creativity. Gene, that's an homage to you. I had to had to pick a theme and you're it. So let's go around the table. Gene Pranger, I'm putting you on speaker view. You've been warned. Gene, take about three minutes if you can fit your entire life into that three minutes. But Gene, we're looking for the role of creativity in your life. What were you creating? Obviously, a lot along the way. That's what we want to know. And don't give away all your statements because we're going to do those later. Gene, welcome. Talk to me. Well, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you today. I I think a lot about um, this topic of creativity, and it's so nice to be able to, and refreshing, to have somebody that uh, specializes that from a media perspective. And so I think your listeners have are in store for a real treat every week. 
just to give you an update, what I do is that um, from a creativity standpoint, I think probably the biggest problem I've had in my career is that you have too many ideas. And this is true with a lot of entrepreneurs or the people that are on the creative side of the business is that there's just this constant spigot that's constantly feeding you ideas, but you don't have the, either the time, money, or the resources in order to pull it off or necessarily even the expertise. And so then you have to figure out, uh, and this is what separates, I think, creativity from people that can actually solve problems is, is that you have to have the ability to organize your creativity to some degree and be able to find people to assist in the process of making those ideas a reality. It doesn't make any difference what career path that you're in. It could be in business. It can be in art. It can be in music. It doesn't make any really difference. You can work in silo for a period of time, but at some point you have to be able to get others to participate in that process. And so that's really what uh, takes an idea from a creative synaptic type of experience into a reality uh, uh, in terms of an execution. And that's been true all the way through my entire professional career as well. And so um, when we came up with the Do Something Wonderful protocol, it was based upon a problem that I, that I saw with my father. My father had a suicide attempt that uh, was very disheartening and was upsetting at the time. And I was thinking at the time, how in the world do we, how in the world did we end up here and how do we address this in the future? And for the longest time, he lived another 10 years after that, but for the longest time, I was never able to address that question until I went through that same type of problem myself. And then I started working on a variety of different solutions. And that's how I ended up with the Do Something Wonderful protocol today, which in a nutshell, just for the listeners to standpoint, is doing four to five activities for others during the course of the week and then concentrating on yourself once or twice each week. And if people do that on an ongoing basis, whole and whole set of uh, positive attributes begin introducing your life as you begin thinking outwardly more than how to find happiness just by serving yourself continually. Thank you very much. Very interesting. I appreciate your perspective. I just want, before we go to Tanya, you're next, Tanya. I just want you to tell us briefly what happened to get you to create this interactive banking platform? Because I know everybody, is this is this the ATM? Is this what we all drive up or walk up and see? Is that yours, Gene? Tell it's, me. It's, it's very similar to the ATM in that the, the, the iteration to that is the ability to be able to see and talk to somebody on the screen. And whether it's over a mobile handset or whether it's over an ATM machine or whether it's an in-branch or retail type of branch environment. And so what happened, it was it was fairly simplistic. I was designing branches. I've designed about 500 branches across the country. And one day I put a video conferencing machine, the very first one in a branch. This was back in 1997 next to a um, an ATM. And I thought, oh, all I have to do is marry these two ideas together and then you'll have something that potentially would be more useful and tellers can be still readily available and you can take tellers out of the branch uh, where they are very costly and not active as often if you centralize them. And so we ended up developing the concept. It was a billion dollar business. NCR ended up buying the business back in 2012. And then I created a new business that took video banking into a whole new area on the mobile handset. And I just sold that business about a year ago. Does WOW cover that? <laughs> I don't know. Very, very interesting. Find a problem or perceive a problem and do something about it. 
That's exactly right. And then yeah. I think the other point too, from a creativity standpoint, it's always the combination of ideas, two or more ideas that merge together that creates the idea, right? And that's and it's beca- you have to look at it as a tree that's constantly growing and it's creating new branches and new leaves and new appendages. And that's the way creativity works is that we're just building off one another concepts save, and ideas. Save it for the statement segment of the okay. show because you're, <laughs> you're adding all kinds of words of wisdom here and I want to capture all of them. I want to go to Tanya, Tanya Anderson, Finally, she got off that plane and came down to terra firma <laughs> and she's on the show. I'm putting you on speaker view. Tanya, give us a background. What do you do other than fly? Talk to me. Oh, well, I've been a member of Screen Actors Guild for 23 years. Uh, but of course, my sked, you know, interrupts with things. But um, I worked five scenes on uh, the movie Catch Me If You Can, which pure delight to see a genius like Spielberg, you know, work his craft. And he loved it. He loved it. He said it was like having dessert after, uh, you know, making uh, dark films like Schindler's List. Uh, it was absolutely delightful. I mean, just getting paid to be there and to see everything going on was, and and the the uh, head uh, wardrobe lady, Mary Zorfrez, she's known in the industry very well. She liked me, so she put me in a linen dress, made me a Pan Am passenger, which is amazing. So I used to fly for Pan Am <laughs> and gave me the, you know, the charm bracelet, the pointy uh, toes that kill, you, kill your feet, uh, the earrings that punch it. And then even if you were with a thin, you had to wear a girdle so when we went when we went to the ladies room you'd hear even these really thin gals going <gasps> so pulling the girdle off and then wardrobe would come around to make sure that we hadn't switched out and gotten back into our own stuff the only thing that belonged to us was our underpants we had the bullet bras the whole thing <laughs> so i love doing that i worked on the, the cohen uh brothers film the man who wasn't there uh war of the worlds another spielberg film uh artificial intelligence another spielberg film uh world trade center um oliver stone and for a while for five years i flew corporate so sometimes these guys would get on my plane and one lady looked at me one day hadn't said a word about background she said i've seen you at wb you warner brothers right Mm -hmm. and they had dressed me up as a full bird colonel one time on west wing you know to be in the situation room but it was such a compliment for somebody that I don't even know him. She doesn't know me to say, I've seen you at WB. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I've uh, built houses for Habitat in uh, Madagascar, which is fabulous. Uh, Long Beach, California, you mentioned earlier, uh, Hawaii. And I've also uh, lobbied for international human rights, originally from DC. So I kind of have that mindset, uh, international human rights on Capitol Hill. Tanya. Almost none of this is in your bio. I am sitting here with my mouth gaping open saying, who is this woman? I didn't know she was on my show. Screen Actors Guild is not in your bio. Habitat is not in your bio. Tanya, we need a new bio from you, lady. That All right, was my amazing. Dear. When, did, when did you start? I want to know when did you and why did you start with airlines? Why did you want to be are we allowed to say flight attendant or stewardess? Oh, yeah, no, that's be? fine. Yeah, flight attendant. Uh, it was Pan Am, and um, I, I just loved it. You would think I'd never been out of my own backyard. I actually went to high school in Europe. Uh, but the minute uh, Al, the recruiter from Pan Am, said, what would you say if I told you we're going to send you down to Miami on Sunday? It, it propelled me into the stratosphere. I'm like, I can't believe I've been hired by Pan American World Airways. Wow. Can you give us the year? Just for a point of reference? Oh, yeah, 1985. 
Oh my goodness. Oh shame. You go for the hard numbers, don't you? <laughs> I do, lady. I do. I do. Well, I you know, we let them do the math. Let them do the math. Tanya, you're a force of nature. That did not come through in your bio. You gotta get, we need a better bio. Come on, you and I are gonna write a new bio for you. Oh, I thanks had, a million. I appreciate it. I had it. no idea that, that I thought you were just somebody who lived around the world and got often on airplanes. I didn't know you were in movies, I didn't know you built houses. Nice to meet the real Tanya. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And now we go to Maria. Maria Mantudakis, who said I pronounced it right. I appreciate that. Maria, we'd love to get to know you. I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead. Introduce yourself, please. Hello, Red. And thank you so much for having us today. Um, I was born in Athens. And as a very small child, as a toddler, I remember focusing on ants. So we're sitting on the sidewalk looking at ants and being impressed as to how hard they worked. And there would be a hole in the sidewalk and I would see they would go in there with all the stuff they gathered. And then it would start to rain and I would get so upset thinking that maybe the rain harmed them. Mm. So my life started with that memory. And I remember I used to take my doll's furniture and I used to cover the holes <laughs> <laughs> in the sidewalk in order to save the ants. I was an only child. So that's why I was so involved in, um, you know, noticing things like that. And my father, I call them, I call him the famous Greek philosopher used to work as a carpenter right next to our house. So when I used to be home, I used to love to go and talk to my father. I have no idea if he would hear me, but he always acted like he listened. Now, he came from a family of 16 children, and I think he was terrified that I was an only child. And he always came up with creative ways to get me to think of others. So if I came to him and I would say, I had a fight with my friend, Helen, he would say, okay, but before you tell me what happened, first you have to start with how Helen felt. You have to give me the story from Helen's perspective, and then you tell me what happened from your perspective. And I think what he did there is from a very young age, I started zooming in and understanding how others feel. And I'm very able to repeat (laughs) and support people and really be able to express what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. Um, We came to the United States um, through a miracle of God. I went to college. We had no money and all these circumstances came together. Um, At the time, Rutgers College was a boys' school and I still, you know, they opened it up to women. I was one of the first women to be accepted and started my career very shortly after that with AT&T and then Lucent. And right now I'm still working in corporate. But one of the years I started, um, I took the Dale Carnegie course, and I ended up becoming an instructor and teaching it for 14 years. And that's when I realized that people had the ability to change themselves and change their life. Mm. 
And I was so thrilled to be an instructor of that. Um, so um, uh, years, years later, I got certified in Jack Canfield Success Principles, started my own company. And then again, by a series of um, consequences, um, two young boys came and sat next to me. They were talking about ending their life. And I started typing in my computer what I had to say to them. And my book, Tsunami to Greatness, came about. Um, so, and I'm so sorry that I was long-winded on... No, not at all. I'm I'm enjoying the storytelling. Go ahead, Finn, tell us a little bit more about the book. What is the book about? So, um, the book, basically, you know, these two young boys were talking about ending their life. I was, I started typing to them how precious life is and how I understand what it means hitting bottom because, because almost every human being has hit bottom at some point in our lives. I started typing about how I don't understand what it's like being a teenager right now, because when I was a teenager, there was no climate change. There was no shootings at the school. There was no social media. So life was so much simpler. So I understood that these boys are living a much tougher world than we experienced. But I did remember that when I was 16 years old, I liked this boy who didn't like me back. <laughs> and it was the end of the world, you know, tears and crying. And I just wanted to die. I used to say, I just want to die. And now we're laughing, right, Red? We are laughing about it. But we're actually laughing at this earlier version of ourselves. Mm-hmm that didn't know then what we know now. So in my book, I start talking about versions. And, you know, I was trying to convey to these boys that whatever they're experiencing now, many years from now, they might be laughing about it, just like we're laughing. And also to the world that whatever we might be going right now, there might be a future version of us that will be laughing about how we are reacting to whatever is happening right now, right? So, so, and again, um, there's a lot more in the book. I talk about loving ourselves, understanding ourselves, managing our thoughts, law of attraction, you know. And there were some things that I discovered in that process of writing the book that we could talk about later. We but. will. Thank you very much. Thank you to all three of you for the very interesting bios. I, Even though I met all of you, uh, Jean, what do they give you? Two and a half minutes at the Publicity Summit, and I'm writing down, Jean Pranger, sounds interesting. Okay, he said this, he said that. Yeah, Jean, are you available on June 5th? Yeah, okay, Jean, give me your phone number. Give me your email. Yeah, and they're saying, cut, it's two and a half minutes, stop. And I'm saying, no, I'm not done yet. I got to book Jean, and then I mean, so it's it's just a whirlwind. And okay, email me in six months. No, I booked you right on the spot. Anyway, I didn't get to hear all of this, so I'm meeting all of you. And bios are one thing, but they're static, right? It's just words on on paper or on, on type. So I'm getting to know you, and the three of you are really, really something. I'm very, very excited to have you here. Before I get all mushy-gushy here in the beginning of the show, let's move on. It's time for the quotes. I've asked you each to send me a quote from a fictional movie or TV character or a song lyric that 
doesn't have the word creativity in it, but then how many do, right? And you're going to explain, let's keep it to two minutes because we have a lot to cover. The bios were long and I, I enjoyed them. So Jean Pranger has sent us a quote, first spoken by the armorer played by Emily Swallow and repeated by the Mandalorian clan from the Mandalorian. This is the American Space Western TV series from 2019 to 2023. Season four is in development and it's also a song, Jean, by Royish Good Looks for the film, The Mandalorian, okay? And the quote is for, I love the little tiny quotes, the short ones, Gene. There's so much in them. The quote is, this, this is, is the, the way. way. Okay, yeah. what does this have to do with your creativity? Gene, two minutes, go. Well, the whole concept is, this is the way. When a spark of imagination comes into your head, you know a pathway in order to execute it. And you know you have to get the right types of resources and, and money many times in order to make it a reality. But when you get to the final point, you have to kind of bring people along with you in that journey. And the, the best way to do that is not only just creating the overall picture of that vision, but inviting them to take you on um, on that trip in order to make that happen. In all my businesses that I've ever created, it was always from scratch. It was never something that was ever thought of before from designing branches or whether it's new technology or whether it's new software in the marketplace. It really doesn't make any difference. But if somebody understood what the end conclusion was going to be and how they were going to be rewarded in that process for achieving that outcome, then that would allow you to have a pathway in order to um, go down that everybody could unite with. So this is the way. And it, it, it becomes something that's not just a mantra. It's something that becomes embedded in your soul to know that if you have a vision, you can see that vision clearly, then it's a pathway for you to complete it. Thank you. I have a question for you. What are those very pretty orange shoes in the background in your bookcase? Is that real or is that a virtual? No, background? they're real shoes. Is that uh, the, the color of our uh, Pop.io, which was the name of the last technology firm I had, was orange. And so whenever I would go to trade shows or speaking, I would wear the orange sho shoes. And so when I do podcasts in the banking space, I just let people know that I still have the red, the orange shoes behind me. And I noticed them. I didn't want to be disrespectful. And I listened to everything you said about the quote. It was beautiful, but I had to add. I don't know why. It just, just threw my attention. I did. Thank, thank you, Jean. Reference. Very interesting. Tanya has picked a quote from Karen Blixen, B-L-I-X-E-N, played by the wonderful Meryl Streep. It's the introductory scene for the film Out of Africa, 1985 American epic romantic drama film. She recalls her life in Africa when she moved in 1913 as an unmarried wealthy Dane spurned by her Swedish nobleman lover. I'll leave it there. It was directed by Sidney Pollack, starring Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. Does it get any book better than that? Based loosely on the autobiographical work by Isaac Denison um, in 1937. And here's the line. Interesting. It's a voiceover. I had a farm in Africa. I had a farm in Africa. At the foot of the Nagong Hills, I had a farm in Africa. Tanya, what does this have to do with your creativity? I can't wait to hear this. Go well, ahead. Well, I adore it because this story is a little bit scandalous too, because she married a count for the, uh, yeah, or Baron, you know, for the title. And, but she had the money. But the point is, in 1913, for a woman to venture into Africa where you could die from malaria, you know, and I've had malaria, it's not easy, you know, uh, to, to go and just, 
make a life for herself there. It's just, it's such a remarkable place. I adore Kenya. I just adore it. I've actually been to that house, but it helped inspire me to want to go. So three years later, Pan Am sent me on a, 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 a trip to Nairobi. It had a five-day layover. And it, it, it was so intense that when we were checking to the hotel, the guy is already there to sign us up for safari. And when we were flying over, you know, the lakes and all that, Lake Nakuru and all that, I could hear the music in my head that from that film and we're in an airplane so small it seats like 10 people and there's no cockpit door and i'm like but I'm, I'm i'm dreaming this i go to the giraffe house and feed the giraffes out of my hand i go see her house because after she passed away they they oh no sorry i moved back to denmark they went out and bought as much of it back as they could so uh they have the restored the house as much and, and you just walk in that house you go wow this is it and i wanted it to happen and i made it happen that's lovely. Thank you very much. Very interesting story. Okay, let's go to the quote Maria has sent us. Maria sent a quote from The Character is Stacy, played by Brittany Murphy. The movie, a little more modern, a little black book, 2004 American satirical comedy drama. I love the way they mush the genres together. It used to be it was a drama or it was a comedy, right? Or it was a romance or it was sci-fi. Now it's a what did I say? It's a satirical comedy drama. Yeah. Okay. They just squeeze them all together. Uh, when Stacy brings home tapes of a show to study, Derek recognizes a guest, his ex-girlfriend, French model Lulu. When he refuses to answer Stacy's questions about their relationship, she confides in her coworkers about her misgivings, something to do with palm pilots. Anyway, here is the quote that you have selected. <laughs> you know, life's funny that way. Once you let go of the wheel, you might end up right where you belong. Oh, Maria, I'm getting chills for this one. Tell me, <laughs> how'd you find this quote? Go ahead. So, of course, I, I just watched the movie. And it is a funny movie, but it's about a girl who confides in her best friend. And her best friend helps her blow up her life. Um, and it really hit home for me because... So many times we try to control everything that happen and happens in our lives. And it reminded me the time when my life blew up, which is my mom had dementia. And when that happens with your parent, you try to hold on, you try to control it. You try to help them not forget because you don't want to erase the relationship you want you want your mother to love you right you don't want her to forget you and um i was working for at&t that turned into alcatel that turned into loose and that turned into alcatel and alcatel had just taken over so i was trying to prove how important our department was and all this good stuff and and i, I was in a seven-year engagement where we both knew was wrong but we were holding on right everything <laughs> So that's what was going on for me in 2008. And my mom passes away and I lose my job and um, everything, everything in my life just blows up. And the minute what I found is as long as you stay positive and you don't start feeling like a victim, the minute that you know that the universe is working for your good and you just let go. You just find yourself exactly where you're supposed to be. And in an earlier show, Red, I remember you talked about seeing everybody's life as a tapestry. A quilt. My metaphor is a quilt. Okay. Yes. And we well, talked about um, that last week. That's right. Yeah. 
And um, in my book, I started out writing the book as another law of attraction book. And I ended up uh, talking about how we're, we were in a synchronized orchestra of the universe. So it was the synchronicity of the universe that I wrote the book about without knowing it, because I was discovering it as I was writing it. I was like, it's not just a law of attraction. It's every single person contributing to a higher cause, a higher good. So when I heard you last week, I was like, wow, this is like phenomenal. So that's the reason letting go of the wheel is so important. Thank you very much. Thank you to the three of you for picking such interesting quotes. I love doing my research. I have a lot of fun learning about movies I haven't seen and might and songs I haven't heard or sung. I try not to sing on the show and I'll sing a little bit later, but just don't get upset. All right, just deal with it. Uh, Now we're going to go to the creativity statement part of the show. And I'm going to pick one or two statements from each of you. Jean, I'm just going to read one. It's not a pop quiz. And just ask you to expand it for two minutes. I'll pick one from what Tanya said and one from Marie. Again, this isn't a quiz. I'll read it. And it's not, what do you mean by that? Just give me a little more context. But before I do that, I think a theme that's coming out with all three of you, and I do this on on most of my shows most weeks, I have a quote here from David Byrne, who was the front former, the songwriter and former Talking Heads front man. He's been in the news recently for good or bad, I don't know. And he had something called Little Beginnings. He said there's a Little Beginnings trick for a wildly creative 2023. He was interviewed on uh, a radio show or a podcast called How Ideas Happen by Stephen Johnson. And he said sometimes... I think this will resonate, especially with Eugene. Sometimes I have just the title of a song that comes to me and I write it down and I go expand on that. I think there's something there and I'll have it in my computer, whole lot of musical ideas that may be a melody, a nonsense word, awaiting words, the melody waiting for words. But usually I need something to start with. Hard to start from nothing. I'll accumulate these very little beginnings. When I come back, I have something to build on. So he's talking about these little things, these little, some people call them the chatter that comes into your mind, right? You see those orange shoes in the bookcase behind Gene might spark an idea with somebody. And he's thinking, well, what can I do? Your dad was part of your creativity and Maria, the boys who sat next to you and Tanya, everything you've done around the world. So those are those little beginnings, right? They all all come from somewhere. I love to read that. Okay, now let's go to our creativity statements. And I've heard a lot from all three of you, but let's see if we can pull a little bit more out. Jean, I'm going to do the number one statement you sent. I'm going to read it, just two sentences, and then just add to it for a couple minutes. You say, exploring the genius behind an idea requires a range of emotional requirements. The ability to solve problems when faced with self-preservation to complete freedom to explore possibilities. Let's talk about the emotional requirements. I haven't heard anybody say that on this show, so I'm intrigued. Gene, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, that's, I would say that is to me kind of the basis of how you need to get started. It's like, you know, there's a lot of different aspects to creativity and problem solving, but I would suspect if you don't have the fortitude, the internal stamina, and be able to make sure that your vision is going to come alive, you're really not going to carry it very far. I mean, I've seen multiple cases where other entrepreneurs or other people just in the creative industry, they all have great thinking there's so many great ideas uh, that are that come from every corner of the globe it doesn't make any different
what socioeconomic background, what gender, what race. Uh, I didn't, it really has no bearing on it. But really what it comes down to is how much do you believe in your idea and how much are you willing to sacrifice to allow that idea to come to fruition? And so I still remember the day when we were getting our first business going, My, I was we were talking about starting a business, but I wasn't sure that I wanted to. I was in a corporate job. I was working for a national advertising agency at that point. There was a lot of, um, uh, you know, a steady paycheck. And when you go out on your own, there's all types of um, unknowns associated with it. But she came down the store the stairs and unbeknownst to me, she had gotten a home equity line of credit. And she said, look what I got. I got a home equity line of credit for you. <laughs> And so that was almost like the stability that I needed. And then I got a contract to write a book at that time for a publisher in the financial field. And between that and the home equity line of credit, it gave us a breathing room to four to six months in order to be able to figure out what our first project was going to be to actually drive revenue back into this new firm. And as it happens, you know, you take that leap of faith because it's it comes back to, do you really want to make that change. And it takes a leap of faith. And literally within the first month or two, we started getting projects. In fact, my wife actually sold the very first bank design project that we had in the French Quarter of New Orleans. And, um, and, and it just shows you that you just kind of work your process and then magical things happen. Um, it, it's, I think what Maria had mentioned a little bit earlier is like the universe comes together. If you can visualize it, it can be successful for you. Thank you. Very interesting. Anybody, uh, Tanya or Maria, want to say anything to Jean? They're nodding. They're, they're oh, they a little, little um, Tanya. Go ahead. Visualization is very important, and and also saying affirmations. Those those two together are powerful. Yeah. Very very. Thank you. Thank you, Jean. Very interesting. Tanya, I'm looking at your statement number three. This is interesting. You don't have to find it. I'm going to read it for you. You say (laughs) creativity is understanding cultures and religions very different from ours and weaving that into my, your POV point of view of life. Talk to me. That's interesting, Tanya. Well, obviously, I'm a people person. So I, as I've traveled around the world, and I went to school in England when I was 14. So it really started then leaving the US. Um, I look for the common denominator that binds humankind. And I always look for what we have in common, not what we have apart. And, and I'm very gracious when I go to other countries, I, I'd say, if I come to your country, I'll say, okay, what are the do's and don'ts? I don't want to, you know, make any faux pas or embarrass somebody or embarrass myself. Um, I, I, I just strive to understand how different people get along. Uh, and also, like when I lived in Nigeria, I went to two different leper shelters because I, I, I had access to a chief. Actually, he was my boss and he had money. And I was hoping that maybe he'd give some money because I knew that a uh, situation was dire. It didn't happen, but I tried. I tried. And um, I actually, when I was in uh, Calcutta, I went to Mother Teresa's home for the des- destitute and dying and also her uh, leper shelter shelter, but she, she was running it really well. So that, that was the difference. Um, you know, I was just trying to be a go between and try to institute some positive change in Nigeria, but it, it's so, it was, it was in the nineties. It's so difficult, you know, and it was too bad. I, I had access to the people that could make it happen, but they just didn't want to be bothered. So, you know, sometimes that happens and there's, there's a phrase, know your audience, but sometimes you don't know the audience that you need to know at the time, right, Jean, and right, Tanya, and right, Correct. Marie, yes. you don't, you don't know 
uh, Jean, the emotional requirements of the people you're trying to invent for or speak to or create for. And I've, I found this. Sometimes I'll go to somebody and say, I want to do a project for you, not with you, for you. I'm going to donate my time. I don't want any money back. I just want to help you do something. And they'll say, well, it's not the way we do business and it's not this and it's not that. And they kibosh it. And I wait months <laughs> and they kibosh it. And I say, okay, that's fine. You have to know when to hold them, when to fold them when to walk away and when to run, right? Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Kenny Rogers. Okay. Let's go. Can I just add just one little thought? Yeah, to that? Sure. It's that it's all, you're right. It is all about timing as well. And mm-hmm. I remember Warren Buffett saying that, you know, what happened if I were born in China and, and in some little rural uh, village, I wouldn't have the skills in order to be able to be successful, especially if it was a hundred year previous to that, but he was born in Omaha and he had the right type of skills. I think actually in DC that he grew up in. And so he created this whole skill set based upon being at the right place at the right time with the right type of circumstances. And so you almost have to cater your thinking in that regard as you create as well. Yes, absolutely. I've I've written three romantic comedy plays that I produced with community actors in my TV studio in Long Island when I was there. I'm not there anymore. Uh, with community actors and with green screen. And we did everything from shooting scenes of traffic in Manhattan to have out the back of this virtual taxi cab with people in it. And I had a fake kid steering wheel for the, the driver. To, it was it was very interesting. But I produced one of my plays in another city. I won't tell you where. I'll tell you after we're off the air for a live stage presentation. And the audience didn't get it. They just didn't get it. <coughs> Excuse me. I was bashed and trashed. I was royally um, ostracized by the community. I was told they didn't get it. They thought it was something else that it wasn't. It was almost the ruination, and I had to drop out of a theater club I had been in for a year because I couldn't stand the ruination of my reputation because they just didn't get it. Hmm. Interesting. And sometimes that's why I say know your audience, but sometimes you don't until they become your audience. Hold on, I got a good drinker. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm all caught up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a metal straw, in case you're wondering. Yes, I know. Okay, just want you to know. I'm c- c- concerned about sustainability like everybody's supposed to be. Maria, I'm going to read part of your statement, too. Maria sent me a great American novel for her statements, and they were <laughs> lovely. But you say, I'm going to read part of it. You say, staying the same normally means we live and do what makes us comfortable within a comfort zone circle. Most of the change people want to achieve from the perspective of creativity and life transformation lives outside their comfort zone. She says, I draw the circle and show what's inside and what is outside, helping people with their finding the change. I'm going to mute myself. Maria, take over. Go ahead. Um, So, Red, what I mean by that is sometimes we look at our life and we say, boy, I I don't feel like I'm on track. I know I'm meant for more, but I need to change. But that change that you need is actually um, something that is never within your comfort zone. Um, like Einstein used, used to say, you know, if if you can't be doing the same thing every day and expecting a change, right? You have to change in order to change. So if you look at your comfort zone, if you look at what you're doing every single day, And then if you have a vision of your dream life, that means you have to take a chance and you have to be willing, not necessarily, you know, to run outside of your comfort zone, just to take one step in order for that change to come into your life. 
And like we said already, you know, vision and being very clear on what you want becomes extremely important. Affirmations, gratefulness journals, all tools in order to help people achieve their dream life. Thank you very much. I We have a little bit of time before I go to the famous birthdays, the holidays you've never heard of, the social media stars you wish you had their followers, and what else? And music history. Not a history test, but this day in the history of music events. But I want to do one more statement. Tanya, I'm looking at your statement number four. I found this very interesting. Jean, we've covered just about everything you sent me and Maria as well. So Tanya says, creativity is entertaining myself by exploring unusual things in elephant safari, raising a chimp, teaching Muslims to be flight attendants, working as a SAG extra while watching films being made. Just talk to me briefly, Tanya, just two minutes, and then we'll go to the other segment of the show. Tell me about creativity while entertaining yourself with unusual things. Tanya, go. Wow. Well, it's it's a learning process. And even at this age, uh, you know, it still takes a village. And all your friends, I mean, I have friends in the band and people, you know, they do all these different things. And I learn so much from them. So I'm very observant. And I just want to learn as much from people as I can, because as you know, your inner sonar is at work at all times to bring you into contact with other people of like types. And you recognize each other. Even you just met them at a, at a reception. And then you want to stay in touch with them because you, you can sense on all levels that they'll have something to teach you. So there's just so much out there. You know, it's the old adage. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. (laughs) It's like, can I ask you a real quick favor? Sure, dear. My girlfriend, it's her birthday today. She's a real Gemini. She's listening from Michigan, Renee Boyd. I wanted to shout out happy birthday to her. Well, let's sing (laughs) sing to Renee. Everybody, one, two, three. Let's do our best to do it off key so she'll know it's really us and we're not (laughs) auto-tuning. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Renee. Happy Happy birthday birthday to you. (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. We're all about people here. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I want to tell you something I did that was unusual. It got me out of my comfort zone. Um, I recently joined some group called Writer's Digest. It's it's not a paid group. They help. They have prompts and they have, oh, webinars, seminars, teaching writers. I've been trying to work on my novel for two years and I I walked away from it once in a while, I'll go back to it. I'm, I'm not ready to publish it. I know it's me. It's not that. So I joined the group and I discovered they had something in April called the PAD, Poem a Day Challenge. It wasn't a competition. Every day, the moderator, Robert Lee Brewer, I don't know who he is, but he's very talented, posts on a separate web, separate web page. He posts a prompt. It could be write a poem about something large, write a small poem, write a poem about senses, write a poem about smell, write a poem about disappointment. And every day we had a prompt and we joined a website called Discuss, D-I-S-Q-U-S, which is a commenting, comment, commenting, commentation. And you can enter in the comment on his site, your poem. And then we thumbs up or thumbs down. I never saw a thumbs down and we could comment on it just like you and I are all commenting on each other. It became that challenge for me, I wrote 30 poems in the month of April. Wow. And then I went to Canva. I, I can send you all. A, I went to Canva and I created a little booklet. 
and I did some AI-generated art for the cover of Redhead with a Microphone, <laughs> of course, and I called it 30 Poems Hath April. That's what I called the little book, and I put it together. It's just a couple of megabytes. I'd like to send it all to you, but that was something where I completely got out of my comfort zone, and I wrote poems about my mother, about her last days, and about her life, and I wrote poems about relationships, and I wrote poems about jobs. I wrote poems about everything, and it was quite an out-of-the-comfort-zone. And now he does a Wednesday prompt, and I do that every Wednesday. I look for first thing I wake up. I have a radio show in the morning. First thing I wake up Wednesdays, I go find that prompt, and I write that poem and publish it. And we've made friends. I don't know who these people are. I have no idea where they live. We have funky names on Radio Red. <clears throat> there's a Ponka, and there's an S, and there's a C, and there's a this one and that one. I have no idea. One guy posts 10 poems a day. I don't know what else he does in his life. But that was getting out of the comfort zone. My goodness, we have seven minutes left, and now let's go do this fun part. Okay, I have some famous birthdays, June 5th. Anybody remember Kenny G, the jazz saxophonist? Yeah. Kenny G is 67 today. He's a baby, right, Tanya? And <laughs> he has sold... 75 million albums. Wow. Yes. He is one of the most commercially successful instrumental musicians of all time. And he even has his own line of saxophones under the brand <laughs> Kenny G. Who thought, Gene? Who would have known, right? Here's another actor. Here's an actor who's very famous, Mark Wahlberg. He's 52. He's been in Boogie Nights, The Fighter, Ted Transformers, Age of Extinction, Daddy's Home, Lone Survivor. He's the executive producer of Entourage and Boardwalk Empire. I didn't know that. He mm -hmm. was the front man of the hip-hop band Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Who knew in the 1990s? And his brother is Donnie Wahlberg, who is on Blue Bloods, right? That's his brother. And then we have an actress named Liza Weil, or Lisa Weil, W-I, you may not know her. She's got very, very straight up and down. She's got very short blonde hair. And she played the very evil lawyer, Bonnie Winterbottom, on How to Get Away with Murder. Viola Davis, one of her posse, one of her group, Bonnie Winterbottom. And she also played Paris Geller on The Gilmore Girls and Amanda Tanner on Scandal. I don't remember in that. She's 46. Happy birthday. Now, I have three people, one on YouTube, one on TikTok, one on Twitch. You've never heard of them, but we're going to wish them a happy birthday. So I'm going to start out with a person named Ninja Gene, who is 32 today. And the only reason Ninja is here, he's a Fortnite player gaming. He participates in gaming tournaments and streams his gameplay. He only has 18 million Twitch followers oh, and 23 million on YouTube subscribers. So I think we should say happy birthday, Ninja. I just did. And then I have somebody who really isn't nearly as successful named FaZe, F-A-Z-E, -E, Adapt, real name Alexander Hamilton, Prisoink something. He's the director of the Call of Duty sniping, sniping group, FaZe Clan. He publishes videos, vlogs, pranks, and reactions to his channel. He's 26 today, and he only has, Gene, I, I don't think this guy was worthy of me going... Only has six and a half million subscribers. <laughs> and then we have somebody who really doesn't do too much. His name is Overt Flow, O-V-E-R-T-F-L-O-W. He's 32. He's a gamer. He posts, there we go, Fortnite, Call of Duty, gaming content. He's self-taught. He taught self-defense at a gym. He was a licensed massage therapist. He was a GameStop manager, and he was fired. And he went, and he's a sneakerhead. It means he buys expensive sneakers, I guess. He only has... Two million fans on TikTok. What, what a disaster. Uh, today, we have four more minutes left. In 1958, 
the first ever greatest hits compilation. Anybody know which famous rock singer or mood singer or romantic music singer published? It was a greatest hits. Who was it, Gene? Frank Sinatra? Nope. Nope. No. Somebody a lot, I think, younger. He's still around. He's in his early 70s now. It was Johnny Mathis. Johnny oh. Mathis' greatest hits went to number one, and it stayed on the chart for nine years. Hmm. On this day in 1959, that was 58, Robert Zimmerman graduated from Hibbing High School in Minnesota, went to the University of Minnesota, didn't want to do that, went to New York City, became a folk singer. What's his real name today? Robert Zimmerman. Who is it? Bob Dylan. That's right. Happy birthday, Bob Dylan. Roy Orbison's Running Scared hit number one this day in 61. Uh, the Rolling Stones did their first show in the U.S. on a nine-date tour at the Swing Auditorium in San Bernardino, California. And the first recording featuring David Bowie was released this day. Anybody remember what his real name was? What he was known as? David Jones. David Jones and the King Bees, and the song was Liza Jane, okay? And I'll tell you one more. In 1966, Gladys Presley, Elvis's mom, woke up in Memphis, and she said, my son is in danger. It turns out his first pink Cadillac was catching fire en route from Arkansas. He was unharmed, but she knew her son was in trouble. I have so many more to tell you, but I'm not going to. Today is Hot Air Balloon Day. Up, up, and away. National Gingerbread Day. National Janet Day, Jenny Day, and Joyce Day. So if you know anybody named Janet, Jenny, or Joyce, tell them it's their day. Okay, that's it. It's Veggie Burger Day. It's Sausage Roll Day. And it's Thank You Day. How about that? June is the month of audiobook appreciation. It's Cucumber Month. It's Georgia Blueberry <laughs> Month. I made blueberry pancakes yesterday because I had to use them up. It's Lemon Month. It's Mango Month. So, Gene, we could have Georgia Blueberries, Lemons, and Mangoes while we're wishing Gene, Jenny, and Joyce a happy day, right? But we could also play the accordion because it's Accordion Awareness Month while we adopt a cat because it's Adopt a Cat Month. It's also Give a Bunch of Balloon Months, but don't give them to the cat because the cat will break the balloons while you're having your iced tea because, Tanya, it's iced tea month. It's also Soulful Month, and it's Zoo and Aquarium Month. Don't bring the cat to the zoo and the aquarium, I'm telling you. <laughs> Rebuild Your Life Month, that's for you, Maria. And it's Turkey Lovers Month, even though it's not November. So we have time for I hope you enjoyed that. I've never linked the holidays together. I thought that was fun. Okay. <laughs> I want you to quickly give us a website where people can find you. Gene Pranger, you're first. Go fast. Do something wonderful.com. D-O-S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N-G-W-O-N-D-E-R-F-U-L.com. Exactly. <laughs> I could have won that spelling bee, I'm telling you. Tanya Anderson, where do you want people to go? My dear, I don't have one yet. My friend's setting it up for me, but it, it, it'll be there at some point. <laughs> Thank Look you. For I found you on, on LinkedIn when I was doing a promotion today. I do a little promo on Mondays. It says Radio Red called me and told me who was going to be on her show. I got like 350 impressions last week. It's cute. Maria, where, where do you want people to find you, Maria? RecreateSuccessNow.com. R-E-C-R-E-A-T-E-S-U-C-C-E-S-S-N-O-W.com. Did I get that? Recreate success now. Okay, let's do the closing. Excuse me. Life is, oh, thank you to Andrew, my engineer. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Everybody join me for two seconds. We're going to laugh. I always think I should start the show with that. You know, I say, and never, ever 
Never regret anything that made you smile. And I think you all know that. And here's the final. Work like you don't need the money. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco and high heels on a Formica table in a cafeteria, they were watching. Sing like nobody's listening. I tried not to sing today. I didn't. Love like you'd never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Get back on that horse and learn to love again. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, and I stole this line from another host years ago, thank you for turning me on. Red. <laughs> Don't go away. We're going to talk. Gene and Maria and Tanya, wave goodbye to LinkedIn. Wave goodbye to Facebook. Andrew, where we- Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.